Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. John Boy, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Radio Harambe. I am here with my lovely co-host, Christina. Hello, Christina. Hi. And we are going to do part two of listener questions, but before we get to that, I'm just going to uh, remind everybody about our store. You can go on the show notes here for this show, or you can go on any of our social media and the profiles on our Instagram, which is Safari underscore Mike, or uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, or my Twitter slash X, which is at John everyone In the profile, you'll see a link to our T Public store where you can see all sorts of cool designs. Uh, we recently did a run of um, animals that you should know, like the uh, male lion, Dakari, and, and uh, Stella, the, the elephant that was born in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Things like that, as well as, you know, things like uh, Kadani Village or the Dawa Bar, et cetera, et cetera. There's all sorts of designs. Even uh, Christina's favorite extinct attraction, Tarzan Rocks. I know she's a, a big <laughs> fan of Tarzan Rocks, so you can go over there and get a Tarzan Rocks shirt. Um, but anyway, so check on that. And you all money that we receive, every dime that we get goes to conservation. And we are now contributing to uh, the World Land Trust. Who, who is donating money to um, the Columbia Mountain Forests, the Mist Forests, um, the Cloud Forests, whatever you want to call it. They are the uh, mountainous forests in Columbia where uh, we may be getting uh, uh, some Disney uh, a version of it at Disney's Animal Kingdom in the who knows how far in the future. Um, but anyway, we are going to get to our uh, listener questions. We did about 15 last episode, and we got about another 15 to go. So again, I want to thank everybody for uh, giving us those questions. And if uh, it is, what is, what is it, babe, January 30th? Is that right? What, today's day? Yeah. Yes, yeah, the 30th. So we're recording this on January 30th, and if you hear something in the background, that is our pool uh, waterfall because it is uh, 70 degrees here in the deserts of Nevada. Really sunny. It is beautiful out today. So uh, for all of you in the... birds were out. The flowers are blooming. It's spring. <laughs> we do get spring early here in the desert. So uh, I'm just trying to make all of you people in the Northeast and the Midwest jealous as uh, you know, you're still waiting for another month and a half to two months of snow. So let's get to our listener questions. Again, thank everybody for, for contributing to this. Um, we are The next question is from Twitter, and it's from CJ Keating. And uh, he or she writes, Based on, re- on recent DVC refurbishments, should I be concerned about the upcoming Kadani refurb, which is, I believe, happening next year? Uh, is it going to be more like Ikea than Africa? Uh, I am going to hand the mic to my lovely wife about what your, her thoughts on that are. Well, um, the, the redos they've done have had a couple of features that I actually really enjoy. Yes. For one, I do not like 
the pull-out couch. Okay. And in the refurbs, if you look at Wilderness Lodge, they do a Murphy bed instead, mm-hmm. um, which I really like. I think it's better for the aesthetic in the room. They do a very good job in disguising it uh, and making it part. It's so for spacing, too. I think so, too. I think it's much better for spacing. I think the mattress was a little bit thicker. My kids were a little more comfortable on it. Mm. Um, I am really looking forward to them kind of moving away from the pull-out couch scenario i think uh part of the concern is we've seen recent uh refurbishments where you know they pulled the carpet it's a little bit a little bit less yeah well i'll hand it back to you in a second it's a little less uh what's the word i'm looking for it's a little less homey maybe without the carpet but i like it i mean I, i don't know what are your thoughts i i prefer no carpet i think i i like it's just easier cleaner better yes more sanitary much much more sanitary um i like that they're probably going to get rid of the carpet and then put in a murphy bed as far as theming uh i don't know i need to see some some of what they're thinking I think it's such a it's such a unique resort. It would be a complete miss if they made it in IKEA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think the concern is that the rooms will just be like heavy on like Lion King theme as opposed to sort of Africa. Well, I I mean it's Disney. We can expect heavy IP, correct? I think However, so. With the new land coming, wouldn't it be great? If they did an Encanto or, oh, I guess. It doesn't really fit Africa. It doesn't fit the Disney. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> Having said that, another hotel in, in that general vicinity that's son of South American in, well, Coronado Springs, I get, well, I guess it's Mexico, but I mean, you could kind of shoehorn Encanto in there, I guess. Certainly Coco. I don't think they should do Coco rooms at Coronado Springs. Is Coronado Springs the one with the Pirates rooms? No, yeah, that's that, Caribbean. Yeah. That's Caribbean. Okay, yeah. I have not stayed in Coronado. Me neither. To know about the theming in it, I have stayed at Caribbean. Coronado is kind of like a, a Mexican kind of theme uh, in terms of the aesthetic. I, Coco is my favorite Disney movie, and it is in my top five. It's my second favorite Pixar. It's so yes, so colorful, so beautiful. I mean, you could really sell me on doing that as a theme if they made it as colorful and vibrant as the movie is. I would, I, I would be in. <laughs> okay, all right. So anyway, so that's what we're thinking. I think the, the the in terms of the refurbishments, let's see what they do first before we uh, before we start to uh, get too concerned. Um, the next few questions uh, all have a similar kind of theme and that's about transportation we'll take them one at a time the first is from disney dad he says or he asks can you ask warden wilson matua to start sending simba one to the animal kingdom lodge to transport guests um that kind of blends into actually no i ask my next question with that one and that is from uh, our friend chrissy murphy who says is it feasible to offer different transportation for the Animal Kingdom Lodge to Disney's Animal Kingdom, what would be the best implementation of this? 
one of those could be, you know, a Simba truck going back and forth to the hotel. But I have some other ideas. Do you have something on your mind? Go ahead. Well, um, so with the Simba truck, uh, out west, we have something called the Pink Jeep Tours. And it's these really large tour Jeeps that you sit in, you know, um, not facing forward, facing to the side. They're open air. So it's totally possible. They're, tour- there's, they're made sure. for touring. I could see them doing that. Now, when we were last there, we noticed there was an apartment complex that's been built behind Animal Kingdom Lodge. So I right. think that would cause an issue in trying to get around if you wanted something direct, such as I'm sure you're going to bring up the idea that your brother loved of a train. <laughs> you can't have a straightaway because there's an apartment complex right behind there. But a Jeep could go around. You can make a roadway. A Jeep can go around. Um, I think you could definitely do uh, a train that just has three stops, Kidani, Jumbo House, and Harambe. Uh, I have always thought a cool idea would be to open up another entrance to the park over by Harambe where uh, trains from the, from the hotel go there. Um, I think it's feasible. What Christine was, point, was pointing out was that uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge is actually built at the very corner of Walt Disney World property. I mean, you could throw a rock and you hit not property and like, uh, you know, whatever, uh, 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 you know, hotels and, and uh, you know, fast food restaurants and stuff are, are right, you know, within yards of the edge of the Animal Kingdom Lodge property. So there, there is that, but you probably have enough room to build a train. But you could actually do it on the other side of the hotel, have it going around uh, the backside by the uh, on the other side of the savannas and uh, head to. Kadani that or to the, the park that way. So I have an idea. I think thinking of Chrissy who asked the question. Yeah. I would like a running trail. Chrissy is a runner. Uh, She's she a is. Mega runner. She she makes me look like a hobbyist. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, they could they could actually build a running trail. Uh, they How cool would it be? I know this doesn't really it's not really answering the question, but how cool would it be if they built a running trail around one of the savannas so that you would actually just be running around them. So I have a little bit of a gripe with the Animal Kingdom Lodge in that the other, um, what do they call their top tier or their higher tier? Del- deluxe? Their deluxe resorts all have, uh, they partnered with, I think, it's Run Disney supported and um, what's the U, the brand with the U? Under Armour? Under Armour. And they have these little running trails. And most of them aren't very big. But I did the running trail when we were at Wilderness Lodge. Animal Kingdom does not have one. And they need one. And I'm with you. I would love a running trail around the savannah. I think people would enjoy that. I'm not sure if it would. Yeah, I don't think it would intrude on the aesthetic. I mean, there are hotel rooms there. So what difference does that make? If there's a fence and some shrubbery and you're just running the edge of it, I don't think that's such a big deal. But but there is no running trail there. I had to try to make my own, and it wasn't it, it wasn't super scenic. No, there's a walking trail between uh, the two hotels, Jumbo and Kadani. Is that what you did? Um, I did that. I ran around the pool area. Okay. I ran, so I started way in the back of Kadani, towards the pool, and I ran that uh, up the ramp, and then over to yeah Jumbo, but. A lot of parking lot, a lot of, yeah, if you want to do any decent running, it wasn't, like, wonderful for that versus um, 
again on the same trip we did wilderness lodge and i really enjoyed their trail it was pretty scenic okay the next question is uh from at futureport uh and he says uh, i think they need to do a disney animal kingdom dreamliner which i guess is skyliner i always refer to it as skyliner blizzard beach could be the hub uh, and it could run to D- Disney's Animal Kingdom and Animal Kingdom Lodge, to Coronado Springs, and then over to the All-Stars, which is another major hub, which would allow you to hook up to the other thing. Um, we're going to have difference, difference of opinion here, I think. Uh-huh. I love this idea. I'm, I like the Skyliner. I enjoyed it every time I was on it. I thought it was easy to use. It's, it's better than the monorail, and it's better than certainly better than the busing in terms of... Uh, uh, you know, uh, ease of getting on and off and, and, you know, weights and all that kind of stuff. Um, there is one potential issue with the Skyliner, which I believe, uh, and I'll hand the, the mic over to, the, my, to Christina, I believe is her issue with this. I have not been on the Skyliner. Okay. Um, the last time we were in Disney World, we were in Epcot. We were in France. It was going right over, and there was a thunderstorm, and the Skyliner was stopped, or there was a potential thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. And we waited. We didn't have fast passes or anything, so we waited about two hours. A little bit less, but close. For that about ride. An hour and a half. We came out, and the same people were still there, and they were stuck. I would lose it. I would, I mean, I would be really freaking out. If I was trapped in this box above everything in the sky for that long, I, I don't think I could. I could deal. Um, yes, I, I, I don't disagree with you there because an, another thing about the Skyliner is that the only reason it stays relatively cool is it's moving and there's air going through it. So if you're stuck up there for an hour and a half in the summer in a box and, and i don't know what the malfunction was because my understanding is if there's an approaching thunderstorm they clear it and they don't let anyone out but there definitely were people in this box so it must have lost power or something went wrong and that is my fear <laughs> i i don't disagree i i understand the fear certainly i don't like heights so i could i could absolutely see that but um i gotta say i, I enjoy the skyliner i i like this idea of making another uh, another route that connects Blizzard Beach and Coronado and the Animal Kingdom Lodge and Disney's Animal Kingdom to the other uh, the other sections of the park. But anyway, let's move on to the next question. Um, Joel S. Uh, on the Twitters asks, do you feel the Wild Africa Trek affects the ride, meaning Kilimanjaro Safaris, negatively? My answer is a simple no. Um, you know, the, I, I, I know what he's getting at. There are certain portions of Kilimanjaro Safari where um, you could see like the, the bridges that walk over or the people hanging out over the over the hippos or the crocodiles. So sometimes when you're on the ride, you actually see the Wild Africa Treks uh, people doing it. Um, I, I know there is a group of people who'd like to be, you know, the immersion of the ride and stuff, and it, you know, it, it kills the immersion of, you know, the feel of being in Africa. I, I I don't know about you, Christina, but every time I'm on Kilimanjaro safaris, I don't mistakenly believe I'm in Africa. I know I'm in Florida, and I know uh, the Wild Africa Trek's going on. I actually have no problem with Wild Africa Trek being there. 
I don't have a problem either. Um, like you said, as an adult, we know where we are and we're just, we, we're enjoying it for what it is. But children who are more immersive, I have never had my kids point it out and say, Mommy, what's that bridge for? Yeah. It, they just kind of accept it as something that would be in that area, which there may be rope bridges and things like that. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I don't have a problem with it. In fact, um, I am a fan of the Wild Africa Trek. I've, I've done it once. It, it's been quite a few years now, uh, and I highly recommend it. I know my brother and I used to battle about this one all the time because it's about 300 bucks a person, so it's not cheap. But uh, I do enjoy it a lot. You've never done it, right? No, I haven't. My, my parents did. They enjoyed it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great. So uh, I don't think it negatively impacts the, uh, the attraction itself. Uh, Richard Hersher asks, with the loss of the greatest champion on the subject, meaning Joe Rohde, when will the Yeti finally get fixed? And the answer to that, I think, is a resounding never. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. but I don't think so. There's very few of us that remember what it did do when it was working correctly. Um, so I think Disco Yeti is for forever. And my, my kids don't know any different. They think that's how it's supposed to look. Yeah, the, 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 the one thing I would add to that is um, when it was moving, and it was cool. I mean, I remember it. I've, I've seen it when it, was, when it was moving. But it is a, literally a split second of, of yeah. there. And um, to fix it, from my understanding, and, you know, I talk to Joe himself about this, they would have to shut the ride down for a significant amount of time and spend millions to fix it. And to spend millions to fix something that is only a split second on the attraction and really doesn't move the needle in terms of popularity. Expedition Everest is one of the most popular attractions at Disney's Animal Kingdom. If they fix the Yeti, there will be a couple of, you know, a week or so of like all the bloggers and stuff going on there to videotape it and talk about it and all that kind of. Then it'll be probably packed for for a couple of weeks or so, uh, but then it'll be back down to what it, what what it is now. You know, thirty minutes, forty five minutes on a busy day. Uh, I I don't think it moves the needle at all. It's not going to bring anybody into the park that wouldn't have already gone anyway. So I, there's no incentive really to to uh, fix it, especially now. With, as uh, Richard says, the greatest champion of the Yeti, long gone. I mean, the people who built the attraction, designed the attraction, who would really want to see the attraction be uh, back to what it was when it first opened are gone. I mean, those, they're not there anymore. There's really nobody other than, you know, Disney fans to uh, cry for it. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next one. This is from Joel. How much has the subtraction of live entertainment affected your visits? I, for one, of course, long for the days of Boradika being around. I mean, anybody who listens to this podcast has heard me cry about that millions of times. Um, So I I won't (laughs) delve back into it now. But it definitely affects it, don't you think? I, I agree. I think we used to spend a very large portion of our time in Animal Kingdom uh, in Harambe, um, enjoying the entertainers, dancing, um, just hanging out in that area. And we don't really linger there any longer. No. Certainly not like we used to. 
I mean, uh, when Burdik was there, we were there for a couple different sets, just hanging out at Dawa Bar, the the area behind there, behind um, uh, Tamu Tamu. Um, yeah, there's just a there's just a missing party vibe that was going on at Harambe. It's just gone now, and and it, and uh, it's sad. That's where I think it is most affected. I mean, you still have Viva Gaia over. Uh, by Dino Land, by the walk to Dino Land, and you have other uh, live entertainment. What, what I'll say about their spot for Viva Gaia is it's kind of near a walking area. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, we would usually grab a table in some partial shade and hang out. You know, like you said, you have the Dawa bar right there. Mm-hmm. You can get some beverages, hang out. You got Tamu Tamu, uh, Tamu, Tamu, snacks. Tamu snacks. I mean, it really lent itself to um, hanging out. And where Viva Gaia is, although we have stopped and danced with Viva Gaia, but we only did maybe a song or two. We really didn't stay long. It just doesn't invite you in the same way that that area in Harambe does. Yeah, and for people who don't know that where Viva Gaia is is right across from Flame Tree Barbecue. There's no real seating, really. Um, I mean, I guess you can go over to Flame Tree and grab a, a pulled pork sandwich or something, but there's no place to really eat it over there to really enjoy it. It's just not the same. So, um, anything. Anyway, the next question I am going to give it to Christina to answer. Uh, she is the b- better suited to answer this particular question. And it's from Appleman365. Going back to Walt Disney World this summer for the first time in four years after being in every other year or every year visitor for two decades. In what ways do you think my experience would have changed the most, both better or worse? Now, the reason I'm going to give this to Christina is um, I actually went with my kids in the middle of the pandemic in 2021. So I was there right before the pandemic hit and I was there in the middle of it. But uh, Christina and, and her kids did not go at all from before pandemic until June of this past year, post-pandemic. So she has a real, she has a better sense of uh, how it has changed. And uh, I'll, let, I'll just hand the mic to her. Well, I was right there with, what's his, Appleman? Appleman, <laughs> <Okay>. Brian. <laughs> Brian. I was right there with Brian. I did, it was about three and a half years since I had been back and um, it's it's sad to see the changes. Um, the changes are pretty, in my opinion, big. Um, for one, they really didn't have performers out the way I remembered and this is besides just getting rid of Burdika, just the performances were less because they're looking at, you know, not having large crowds gathering in different places. Um, the reservations for parks was new to me and a little bit confusing. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is the difference between Genie Plus Lightning Lane versus like your Fast Pass. I still don't understand that entirely. <laughs> I, I have to have <laughs> Mike, it, right? Mike be in charge of it and, and, and figuring that out because I just, um, it, it's, it's not innate. I, I don't, I, I'm not quite understanding. I feel like I understand it a little bit better now, but um but even the terminology confuses me. So um, the, it, there is changes. It's still a good time. It's still enjoyable. But uh, but definitely do your research before going. Because if, if Mike hadn't gone, I, I would have been lost. I would have been one of those p- 
people and I'm, you know, I'm a Disney World person. I should totally understand what I'm doing, but I felt very out of my element. You know, we have talked about this uh, times in the past, both uh, me and Dave uh, and, and Christina and I, in that Disney keeps making going to Disney World more and more complicated. And the casual guest is just going to be way behind the eight ball in terms of the people who, you know, people like us, meaning, you know, people who listen to Disney podcasts, people who do Disney podcasts and, you know, follow this stuff of who, you know, are familiar with the terminology. But even Christina, who is a podcaster for Disney, uh, it's, it's complicated. I mean, why on earth, for example, do they have lightning lanes and Disney Plus, and the and the and the, and the Genie Plus, and then if you use the Genie Plus, you use the Lightning Lane. I mean, just the terminology—they cross match it. It just it makes it, it very complicated to figure out. It was daunting when they had changed it, and the first time I was going to go there with it, it was daunting trying to figure it out. And I don't like that you can't prepay for it. That's enough. You have to wait till the day of. Why? <laughs> when I would rather, because I like to have my trip pretty much paid for when we go. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't like to then be like, well, I have to reserve this amount of my vacation funds for Genie Plus because I won't know till the day of what it's going to cost me or, you know, it's it's confusing and I think it turns people off. Oh, I I can't imagine it that, that it doesn't. It's just so confusing that the average guest, the 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 guest who does not listen to podcasts and just wants to take their, you know, six-year-old and nine-year-old, uh, you know, every, you know, three years or so while their kids are completely lost. I mean, they, they, I mean, they have no idea. What's the lightning lane line? What, what do I do? What, how do I do this? I want to go on this ride. How come I can't? Yeah, All that kind of stuff. I hear one of the things that I mentioned. I just remembered uh, the reservations are going away. Is that right? Park so reservations? Have, yes. You won't have to deal with that. That That's good. It's still a thing out west, but I believe out east they're getting rid of it. Yes, they are. The park reservation system is gone, so you don't have to, to book, uh, uh, you know, uh, Monday I'm going to Animal Kingdom, Tuesday I'm going to uh, Magic Kingdom, whatever. Um, that is true. If you have a pass, you can go to whichever one you want. Can so. I ask? I don't know if you looked this up, but how does that work with the whole Genie Plus thing? Because it used to be whatever you had a reservation for, your Genie Plus would. You could use your Genie Plus in both of those parks. Is it just open? I believe so. But you, you, to book a to book a fast pass, I'm gonna call it, even though they don't call it that anymore. To book a Genie Plus time, um, you have to actually be physically in the park to do it. Oh, we learned that. We did learn. <laughs> we did learn that the hard way. So, if let's say you're going to Magic Kingdom at uh, it, first thing in the morning, and you you got your Genie Plus and you do Pirates and Big Thunder or whatever, and then uh, you know in the evening you're going over to Epcot. While you're at Magic Kingdom, you can't go on there and say, you know, let's book Soarin' for eight o'clock after dinner because um, we're going to be in Epcot in a couple hours. You have to actually be in Epcot to do it. Um, so, again. They just make things so much more complicated than they need to. Um, and so uh, b- getting back to your question, Brian, uh, it is different. Um, and, you know, you, ha- you almost have to take a course now to figure out how to, how to handle these things. <laughs> That's, you know, to be honest, one, some blogger out there somewhere should, like, do an online course 
for like twenty nine ninety five. No. <laughs> They'd make a fortune. <laughs> All right. And I think that anything else to add to that one? No, I, I, I think the main loss besides the Genie Plus thing is just the amount of entertainment. I mean, I remember just entertainers roaming around and doing things and it's they're still there, but it's really drawn down. Yeah. 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 Th- that is definitely true. They were, they were virtually gone when I was there for uh, in the middle of COVID. I was there in March of 2021. And I think less of the street vendors. I want to say there was much less of those carts open. Could be. I, I, I don't know. I didn't notice that, but it could be. Okay. It could be. Um, all right. So we've got a, a few more questions from Instagram. Uh, back to Instagram. Uh, Nicole asks, have baby ostriches hatched at Animal Kingdom? The answer to that is no. There has never been a baby ostrich at Disney's Animal Kingdom. In fact... There has never been a male ostrich at Disney's Animal Kingdom. The the uh, the the uh, flock. Um, I don't even know what they call a group of ostriches, but the group there in Disney's Animal Kingdom were all females for since the beginning. And in fact, I think the the ostrich's name was Sue. I'd have to go back and look. I don't recall off the top of my head. But um, this is a weird thing that happens in in the wild uh, in in the wild as well as uh, in Disney's Animal Kingdom. She was the dominant female, and because of that, her plumage became darker, and she looked like a male. So, if, for people who don't uh, in, who don't know, male ostriches are more blackish in their feathers, while the females are a duller brown color. Um, so if you, in the years past, saw like a quote-unquote male ostrich on Kilimanjaro safaris, it wasn't. It was just the dominant female who just turned her plumage, because she was the dominant female, to, um, uh, to a darker plumage. So no, there have been no baby ostriches. Those eggs that are sitting on the savanna have been the same eggs that have been there since 1998, <laughs> and they haven't hatched at all. They're all fake. Um, all right, next question. From William, is there any talk of what they're going to do with Rivers of Light? Now, when he asks this, I'm assuming, because we all know that Rivers of Light, Light is gone, I, I believe he's asking if there's going to do anything with the theater. Uh, they had the kite show there for a little while during the day. They, they got rid of that. Um, there are no plans that I'm aware of for a new show, but I think Christine would agree with me that they certainly need one rivers of light yeah they absolutely need something there i i mean we said it before in our last listener question i really like the rivers of light um i don't know if it just wasn't drawing the crowds and that's why they cut it or if it was a cost thing i'm not sure um their challenge as always is they can't do fireworks so they need to find something else that is just as entertaining my idea, my thought was be uh, using drones. I know there's some some rules about using, like you can't have drones flying over a crowded people, a crowd of people, in case one of them like dies out and falls. Uh-huh. But there is a spot where the water comes underneath the bridge and into the lake. I mean, they could fly them through there, like close the bridge. You know, when the show's getting ready and then have them come over so that they actually don't go over 
a crowd of people. That's possible. Um, and drones obviously would be much quieter than fireworks. But, but to get back to the actual question, as far as I know, there are no current plans or, or, or anything in the, in the hopper for a, a replacement show. I imagine after spending all that money and building that theater that they're going to do something someday. Um, but just not quite yet. I, but, so keep, keep posted on that one. Uh, Anger Hyperion asks, are they considering adding more animals to Kilimanjaro Safari? Um, that's, uh, that is, uh, to, uh, they're not considering building a new uh, exhibit. The last exhibit that they built was the one that shared for the hyenas and the wild Africa dogs. Um, there's nothing being built in terms of like a specific exhibit. However, having said that, they're always switching in and out of animals. Um, I guess the last one was they, they redesigned and put the goats at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the last one. There's no plans currently to do something similar to that, but they're always bringing in animals. Like they change things all the time. For people who don't remember, there was that zebra herd that they brought in that was a complete failure and they had to move them out and, you know, addicts have been there, and then they were moved over to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So they, they're always hop, you know, switching up things a little bit. So don't be surprised if, you know, somewhere along the way you see a new species of antelope on the on the savanna or something like that. So, um, so no, there's no exhibits being built on the safari, but don't be surprised if we see more animals coming. And I know Christina actually saw an animal being added to the safari once. <laughs> Uh, I saw the baby uh, giraffe yeah, yeah. being... Well, they stopped all the cars and allowed her to actually birth the giraffe. And then they started moving. So I got to see it goose still all over it. It was just born. So if my memory serves, um, you, were at, you were down there without me. Um, you were there with your kids. I think you were seeing your family or whatever. It's the Disney World Marathon. Oh, that's right. And I And I couldn't go at the time but um anyway and i i heard on the on twitter that a, the, the giraffe was about to give birth didn't i tell you go jump on kilimanjaro safari you did and <laughs> i picked up my kids and ran as fast as i could holding two young ones and uh and we made it we made it and we were the very we had we been one car earlier they would have pushed us through. Oh, is that right? I didn't even realize yep. that. Oh. But we were the first car that stopped, and then we got to go through. Okay. All right. One last question. I like this one. Uh, uh, it's a good one to end with. What do you think the are the best and worst designed exhibits at Disney's Animal Kingdom? So the animal exhibits, what are the best and what are the worst? You want me to answer first or you want to, tr- you want to go first? You answer. You know the exhibits okay. much better. There are a few that I like, and I, you know, everybody will point out to the, you know, to the uh, tigers, for example. It's a beautiful exhibit and all that kind of stuff. But there are a couple that I enjoy in particular. Uh, one is in the oasis. There is a large pond uh, right before you get to the end of the oasis into the park that has a waterfall on it. It's it's really just ducks and you know different ducks from around the world and stuff. I think it's a beautiful, peaceful exhibit. I love it. So uh, that's one. Number two is um, I love the way they exhibit birds on both of the trails. Mm-hmm. So they walk through every of the birds that are free flying. I think that's great. And I've talked about that before. 
But here are the two that I would put at the top. And uh, one I don't think will surprise you, and I think one might. The one that's not so surprising is I think the Gorilla exhibit is fantastic. And here's why I think it's one of the best exhibits. Because it accurately reflects gorilla behavior in the wild. And what I mean by that is gorillas in the wild have troops. So there's a, a dominant male, a couple of females, and all their young. And then there's a bachelor, her, bachelor groups that live on the periphery of the territories of the groups. And, uh, you know, waiting for the silverback male who's dominant in the group to kind of get older and they can kick him out or, you know, he passes away or whatever and they could take over. And the exhibit itself uh, accurately reflects that in that um, on one side, when you go through the exhibit and you cross over the bridge, on the left-hand side is the bachelor group. There's a couple of male gorillas hanging on the periphery of the troop, which is on the right-hand side in the bigger exhibit. So I, I think that's fantastic that they actually um, uh, show how life is like for the gorillas in the wild. That's, that's one of them. And the other one is the naked mole rats. It is uh, a well-designed exhibit. And the, what I like about it is there's a true backstory to the exhibit itself. And that is, um, it's in, it, for those of you who don't know, it's actually in the little conservation hut in the middle of the Gorilla Falls exploration trail and it's kind of on the side of the building and the story is when they were building the uh, conservation hut in the middle of the Pangani forest they accidentally as they were building the hut accidentally stumbled upon a colony of naked mole rats so instead of you know destroying the colony they just sort of put a glass wall up there and left the colony on its own uh, that's the backstory, and and it gives you a chance to see naked mole rats that are a fascinating animal. They're mammals that act like ants. There's a queen, there's drones, there's workers, and all that kind of stuff. They're they're cool, and there's usually a guide there uh, who will talk to you about the naked mole rats. So uh, those are my two favorite ones. What's your favorite? Uh, I like the aviary in the Nandapur. I think that one's the prettier of the Avery's, um, the one at the end. Sure. And and then I um, I also like the bat exhibit. I think it's kind of uh, gives you a little thrill when you show the kids like, hey, look, there's no wires. There's they yeah. can just come out at any moment, and everyone kind of takes a step back. It's <laughs> it's a little bit exciting. So. Those are those are good. Uh, the the aviary in the you're right. The the one in Asia is prettier. I mean, the backstory there is that's the old ballroom from the Maharaja Palace. So there's that beautiful like uh, a fountain that's kind of in ruins in the middle of it, and the murals on the side and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, while the one in the uh, Gorilla Falls is just sort of the forest. I mean, I like it too, but I mean, you're right. Um, it is prettier, the, the one in Maharaja. And the bats are cool. There's, there's no question about that. And I like that exhibit in that it's the Atavika Station where... I also... Sorry, go ahead. No, Continue. no, you go ahead. I also like watching the gibbons. It's, a, it's the gibbons right on the island. Yes. That's a good spot to, if you need a break to just like sit down and just watch. Yeah, and the and the, what I like about that one too is also there's a backstory. There's 
there is like all this um, wooding, you know, woodwork and stuff where that you know that looks like they're uh, doing construction on the ruins. And the story is that uh, they are, that's what they're doing. There's these ruins in the middle of Anandapur, and they're working on them to restore them. But it's the flood season, so they're not working on it right now. They've you know they're taking a couple of months off to for for the flood season, and the gibbons and siamangs have come on in and kind of taken over the uh, the scaffolding that's there. So th- that is a and it's a very prettily designed exhibit. In terms of least favorite exhibit, do you have an answer for this one? Mm. No. Okay. Good. I think a few of the exhibits are kind of off the beaten path and they're not, it's almost like a secret, like around the tree of life, that like that trail. People don't tend to go there, which can be nice if right. you just want to get out of the crowds for a bit. Um, but at the same time, I always feel bad for those animals because they don't get seen very frequently. And same thing with the oasis. The oasis, everyone's rushing in or rushing out and people don't really have the time. I think if they made them a little bit more eye-catching, maybe people would linger. Uh, I th- that's that's fair. Um, it is. It is. I mean, the animals themselves are probably happy that there's not that many people there. There's a lot. Li- <laughs> theoretically, it's less stress, although they get used to it. The, the amount of people and they don't really bother them anymore. But um, I agree with both of those. I was trying to think of what my least favorite exhibit there is. And it's, I mean, the only one, the, the, I, I love the Cotton Top Tamarins. Mm-hmm. Um, that exhibit is not great because it's that fencing there and it's sometimes hard to get a really good view of them. It is hard. It's certainly hard to take, a, it's, it's impossible to take a really good picture. I would say, especially last time we went, and it's probably the same right now with the babies, um, it is, the viewing areas are very small mm-hmm. and it was so crowded because of the babies. Like, I, I couldn't squeeze my kids in to see the babies anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. So, I, if I, ha- if I, if I wish they would do something a little bit better there in terms of that exhibit. That's the one that came to mind. Um, some of the others, I mean, some of the ones on the safari, like, I'm sure that they appreciate it, but it's often very difficult to see the cheetahs. Mm-hmm. Those are very difficult to see. They're, they're not, they're back, they, you know, they're never even, even if they're cl- close to the front of their exhibit, they're still pretty far away from the truck itself. Uh, I know why they're doing cheetahs are highly endangered and, you know, they want to keep them as stress-free as possible, but it is often difficult to see the cheetahs. That would be the other one that came to my mind. Well, and which zoo did we go to where they had a cheetah show? San Diego. Okay. So San Diego zoo, they had a cheetah show cause they're very trainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they work well with the trainer. You know, if, if they wanted their habitat not to be so, I could see, cause sometimes they'll bring animals out. It would be cool to see a cheetah, you know, a handler you could do, do what they do at the San Diego Zoo and really showcase what a cheetah can do. Yeah, cheetahs are highly trainable. Um, they historically, sultans from the Middle East and, and Africa had pet cheetahs hanging around their, you know, palaces and stuff like a, like a, like a cat. So they are very trainable and they get along well with dogs. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, the... Um 
at the San Diego Zoo, I want to say their main habitat was not their showcase. They had a showcase area, um, which was, a, you know, a caged-in area that they would do training in. And then also they would showcase, you know, the speed of a cheetah and how smart the cheetahs are. And then they could go back to their habitat. So it didn't have to be at the same place. Yep. And I could see Animal Kingdom could definitely do that. They could. Uh, you know, um, there is... Just the bird show kind of... Well, there's also the one back at Rafiki's. But they could do something like that to kind of focus on something other than uh, uh, birds on a show. I think that's a great idea. Um, any other favorite or uh, bad exhibits? All right, then Then that is all the questions we have. Again, thank you, everybody, to, for asking these questions. We had about 30 of them. Um, and, you know, uh, it's it's always fun to get the, the listeners involved and kind of have a discussion and see what's on your mind. Um, So for Christina, again, I will actually, before I say goodbye, uh, I direct you to our show notes and our T public store and, and, and uh, help raise money for uh, the Columbia mist forests. Uh, But for Christina, I want to say thank you. Kwaharini and go well. (laughs) 